This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Jeff Hawkins here, writing solo yet again, and it's hard to see why after the main roster shows this week, right? Well, we'll go into some of that. Some of the snark, I think, is earned. Some probably isn't, but, uh, you know, we have to get through that to do our Extreme Rules preview, which we will do tonight. We, meaning you and I, you, the listener, me, the host. As opposed to somebody else talking to me. <laughs> I do have voices in my head, but, uh, you know, you can't hear them yet. Working on it. Trying to get them their own microphone. They're much more amusing. Anywho, so, a couple of uh, notes. Chris and I dropped another Patreon episode this past week. We watched the Crockett Cup 1986 that went up on the Hidden Gems. Also on the Hidden Gems, a couple of just full house shows from the great american bash tour of the same year awesome stuff um the pops on the greensboro coliseum or greensboro stadium show on things like robert gibson getting a cross body block on black bart was like the pop when cm punk won the wwe title just amazing stuff to watch um keep in mind they are time capsules of their time i speak of course of the earlier show which ringside you have an american flag and a confederate flag right next to each other we're a different country now guys so monday night raw optimism dead after one week (laughs) it's unfortunate um the metaphor i had for it was improv related but i will not I will resist using an improv related reference and go to just a normal reference. Imagine you're at a dinner party and there's one guy who's trying to be the life of the party so hard and he's trying to always crack the jokes and he's you know he's mildly amusing but he's not really you know he's saying dumb things. And then all of a sudden some guy who's been quiet all night cracks wise on one of his jokes pops the entire room this other guy is desperately trying to top it that's what happened this week in my opinion if you want me to be recklessly speculative and god knows i enjoy doing that someone perhaps with the initials vkm was a little jealous of all the high praise that one paul Heyman was getting for the raw show even if it may not have been deserved so I'm going to show you how to do things. And what we got was this mess. And it was a mess. Almost every angle on that Raw show was a mess. The opening mixed tag match with elimination rules. So what happens if one of the faces, say the male wins, and then one of the females, say the female wins? What happens then? Well, of course, we never had to get there. But at the same time, it's a dumb thing. It's absolutely dumb, and somebody should have pointed this out early in the script writing process. 
the Cedric Alexander mask angle. Masked people who aren't who they say they are under the mask. Well-known trope in American professional wrestling for decades. Janitor was probably about 6'5", I would say. Maybe a little taller in real life. Thought he wasn't a bad actor, the guy that they got to play him, even though he was a little playing to the back of the room. I was endeared by him. It was obviously somebody else under the mask. I knew it was Cedric the entire time, but, you know, you play along with it. But in these situations, you have the mask guy usually win. And even if he doesn't win, you don't unmask him. They treated this like a victory. Like this was good. Oh, look, we, Cedric Alexander's back wrestling on Raw. As opposed to chasing around the geeks with the 24-7 title. Wow, the age of Alexander has begun. With a raucous flip from taking a, <laughs> a Claymore kick. Are you kidding me? Get the pin on Shane. Shane is your heat in everything because nobody wants to see him anymore. And he's far too strong a character. Have Cedric beat him. And then you can have Roman spear Shane on the go-home show. Of SmackDown. It, it, it's just insane to me that they did this and they still unmasked him as if the plan worked. Plan didn't work. You lost the match. And not only that, logic had to go out the window. Why did... Why... <laughs> why did Shane and Drew want the janitor to wear a mask? It's it's preposterous. Were they ashamed of the guy? Did they, did they think they were putting one over on Roman by putting him in a mask? It's funnier if you bring out the janitor to team with Roman Reigns. I don't know. It's it, it was like, well, we have this joke. We got it. We have this. You know, it's a Saturday Night Live way of, of writing a sketch. We have this joke. How do we get there to the punchline? And then they just throw all reason out the window to get there. I, I, I just I watched that. I just went, you got to be kidding me. Of interest to me, though, a friend of mine, female, by the name of Megan, Kind of a lapsed fan when it comes to WWE. Now is more into New Japan, more into AEW. But uh, we have a group of friends who write each other about wrestling. And uh, she's actively wondering if the women's revolution is indeed over. Maria, this is what she writes, quote, Maria being a stereotypical pregnant lady, yelling about food and hormones. Becky, who used to be a complete badass, is now defined by her relationship with Seth. And her toughness is rendered to being something cute to laugh about, like a punchline. I added a little bit of words there. Why would any woman want to support this? You know, honorable mention to Bailey for beating up somebody who was defending their friend. The women on this show are all unlikable. And that's scary. Because even your baby faces should be likable. Ember Moon fighting with Rose or with uh, Mandy and 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 Sonya every week has gotten annoying. You know, Nikki's fun, but you know it's two baby faces fighting each other, and they have to heal Bailey in order to get Nikki over as more sympathetic, which is kind of against the point, you know. 
Bailey should just be feeling sorry for her the entire time and then beat her. But I don't think that's possible. So we have her smacking Nikki. And it's like, that's just, that's the wrong thing for your baby face to be doing. You know, she should be reluctant to go in contact with Nikki because she's been there before. She's been on the receiving end of getting stabbed in the back. You know, Carmella's basically a prop for comedy for our true wrestled a bit on SmackDown, but you know, what, where are the strong, powerful women of the women's revolution? Especially the week that triple H gives a belt to the women's national soccer team. And God knows they probably don't think much of the WWE. <laughs> I just, I can't imagine any of them are fans. I, I just can't given some of the politics of the McMahon family, given that this show is rights women as dumb and props and arm candy and things like that, I can't see them being fans of the WWE. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, of all the sports teams and professional athletes I can think of, the least likely to me would be the women's national soccer team. <laughs> you know, and you didn't even have like continuity from show to show. Elias walks out on the revival, shows up the next night, still team with Shane, backing up Drew. Why is it the fact that he sold out two guys he was aligned with who were aligned with Shane? Never brought up. Nothing about it. Nothing ever happened. Bobby Lashley is the guy who goes through. The electronic boards last week, big deal, in the hospital. Oh, this is grave. Back to full strength the next week, while Braun's out, comes out and kills Rey Mysterio Jr., whose return is being touted, who is being hailed as the greatest masked wrestler in WWE history. Kind of a low bar, to be honest with you. Thing number two is... Kato, and number three is Quang. But, I mean, that just didn't make any sense either. I mean, we, we have now the return of Stone Cold Kevin Owens. So it's just that heel turn never happened. Sami Zayn has disappeared. Where'd Sami go in all this? His partner in crime. Probably inconvenient to the narrative. Wild card rule? Inconvenient to the narrative. It's been dropped but we still have the SmackDown women's title holder showing up on Raw. Okay. I mean, they're looking for a continuity error. <laughs> error. <laughs> they have a lot of continuity errors. They're looking for a continuity editor, and they still won't let that person, they say explicitly on the job listing, you cannot contribute to creative. Who would take that job? Who would take the job to tell Vince McMahon they're wrong? Or that this doesn't make sense. Because God knows the wrestlers who take it seriously get belittled. You, th you think some writer type who says, oh, Mr. McMahon, this doesn't, this doesn't bode with an episode from three weeks ago where Dolph Ziggler did this. Shut up, Mark. You know, I wouldn't take that job. Unless he paid me a lot of money, then I'd take the job. But, you know, I assume it's an entry-level position for a young up-and-comer who wants to learn about the television business. 
back to this women's thing. I am not one of those people who think women's writers are the cure-all. Because I think if you're a male writer, you need to know how to write what you know, and you need to know how to write points of views you may not necessarily know. So you should know how to write women. I think women writers are fantastic, too. But if you have men who can't write female characters, they can't write. Notable exceptions, Walter Hill, most misogynist writer on the planet, although he wrote, perhaps reinvented, the most female-empowering character in science fiction, perhaps, next to Princess Leia and Ellen Ripley of the Alien franchise. He wrote Alien. Writer-director, mostly female characters don't really play much of a part in his movies. 48 Hours, The Warriors. Warriors is awesome. Personal favorite of mine, Extreme Prejudice. Female characters are mostly, you know, damsels in distress or backstabbers, which seems to be what WWE does here. I kind of agree with the Becky Lynch thing. I, I think her toughness is almost played for comedy, like she's a chicken hawk. You remember the chicken hawk from the Looney Tunes cartoons? Where where she, she you know, she plays up the badness, but mostly for comedic effect, and it's mostly just to get the reaction of of Seth just nodding his head and smiling like, oh man, I can't believe what I've gotten myself into. I mean, the Mike Kanellis thing was stereotypical. Heard Dave Meltzer, who, uh, who was saying, no, it's true, it's just like that. I'm like, it's not exactly like that. I get his point. This was played to lowest common denominator, like low-fat ice cream and pickles and ice cream. and You can be smarter about writing a hormonally imbalanced pregnant woman. There are ways to do that. They just choose not to. Because it's all big. I don't know. I really did not enjoy this Raw. I thought SmackDown was a little bit better. Had some pretty good matches on it, I thought. Again, too much Shane McMahon for my taste. He's he's an overwhelming character in, in on both these shows. Someone said he's like Poochie, the old Simpsons character. Whereas, you know, but we've made those comparisons to other McMahons. Like Stephanie was a Poochie before. What's a Poochie? For those of you who've never watched The Simpsons, it's a character that uh, they introduced as a commentary on introducing new characters and shows to freshen them up. And then everybody needed to start talking about Poochie whenever Poochie wasn't on the screen. I don't know. I just want female characters to pass the Bechtel test. You know, I just, I want them to be strong and independent. Yeah, I'm rambling a bit. I, I apologize. It's what I do when I don't have a host. If you want to host a show, write me. So I can play off of you. If you can do Tuesday nights, let me know. Anyways, um, yeah, I mean, for me, I, I my optimism was with the NXT women's division when they kept building that up, and they kept building it up, and they kept refreshing it, and they build it, and they build it. And every time the women get brought up, they're Mary Sue's, or they're mean girls, or they're just plain dumb. It's ridiculous. Unless you're blonde. Then you get it. So the WWE presents Extreme Rules 2019 on Sunday. Preceded by an Evolve show 
that I think is going to be interesting. I will not be able to watch that live because I have to watch AEW Fight for the Fallen because I am doing the Fightful After Show where I will have a host and they will be able to throw to me and you will not have to listen to me ramble so much. But, um, yeah, go to Fightful.com after the show, click it on, watch Sean Ross Sapp, myself, and Lauren Hayes. Uh, the after show for Extreme Rules will be handled by... I believe, uh, Alex Pawlowski and LaToya Ferguson, former guest of Shake Them Ropes, for those of you who are completists. I miss having guests occasionally. I miss having Rob. I miss having Chris. I miss having friends. So let's go over this. Extreme Rules. My theory on the booking of Extreme Rules will be pure 50-50 almost. Whoever got the upper hand on either SmackDown or Raw, the opposite person will be winning at the pay-per-view. Starting off with the tag team match for the WWE Raw Tag Team Championship, The Revival, Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder taking on The Usos, Jay and Jimmy. The Usos pin The Revival in a three-on-two babyface versus heel match. More logical booking. So I think The Revival will retain their tag team titles here. Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley in a last man standing match. This one seems fairly easy. It's going to be Braun Strowman because Braun's the monster. Bobby's been the bully. Bully needs to get his comeuppance. It's time. Ricochet taking on AJ Styles for the United States Championship. Again, Monday. Did Ricochet look like a world beater to you? Even in pinning Luke Gallows, which was kind of a cheap roll-up to get a three with leverage? I don't know, man. I I said I had my doubts about Ricochet being a star, but, you know, other people who know more than me were certain that, you know, his physicality and his, you know, his aura and his confidence and his cockiness in the ring would get him over on personality. But I knew he couldn't talk all that well, and it continues to show. And it's why you never want, you know, if people were saying, well, maybe Will Ospreay should go to the WWE. No, Will Ospreay should never go to the WWE. Guys like that should never come unless they're going to stay in NXT for life. Because if you're small, you're a flippy-doo guy, you're going to get killed at least twice. And if you can't talk, you're even more trouble. But back to the match. Ricochet versus AJ Styles. AJ had the upper hand on the go-home show, beating up Ricochet. I think Ricochet overcomes the odds, retains his title. Although, I think there's a small chance to give it to AJ to have Ricochet chase, just because they built this new heel faction. By the way, Gallows and Anderson, five-year deals, big money. Good for them. Even if this is their lone push in that five years, it's still... You know, hey, maybe that's what they want. Carl Anderson has a family and a hot Asian wife. You want to be close to that. Found out who was knocking on the door. It's going to be Aleister Black versus Cesaro in a singles match. This goes longer than 30 seconds. They haven't done their job. Blackout kick, one, two, three. That's what this match should be. Shouldn't be 50-50. Shouldn't be Cesaro getting power spots on Aleister Black, making him look bad. Have him knock him out. One, two, three. Biggest pop of the night. 
Guarantee it. If they do that. Will they? Do you have faith in that? No, we'll have a wrestling match where they get the heat on Aleister Black and he mounts a, mounts a triumphant comeback and hits the blackout kick. Oh, jeez. Oh, they're going to blow it. Three-way for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Daniel Bryan and Rowan take on the New Day and Heavy Machinery. Heavy Machinery got the win on the singles three-way, so they're not going to win the titles. Odds are that Daniel Bryan and Rowan retain, but I would not be surprised if the New Day win the tag belts and they get all three of them with their titles having a celebration in the middle of the ring on the next SmackDown. I could see that happening, but overall I think it's going to be Rowan and and, and Daniel Bryan here. Cruiserweight Championship, Drew Gulak versus Tony Nese in a rematch. Do not be surprised with a one-day Akira Tozawa reign again. They could give him the title on this Evolve show, put him in as a three-way here. I haven't watched 205 Live yet, so I don't know how this is being built. Otherwise, if Drew Gulak has to win this match and he has to dominate in this match. There's no reason for Tony Nese to be in the championship picture anymore. There just isn't. Bailey taking on Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross in a two-on-one handicap match. Gonna say this. Stop chanting CM Punk when the women are wrestling. Chanting him during Shane is fine. Chanting him when Bailey and Sarah Logan are having a perfectly good match is unex- inexcusable. It is. It's misogynist. And you guys should be ashamed of yourselves that do this. I know they don't book them well. I know that some of these characters are dumb. But to do that to them when there's much worse crap on this show, that's just... Stop chanting CM Punk when women are wrestling. Stop chanting what when people are cutting promos. It's not that hard. Be a better fan. Be a fan who's into who's playing their role as opposed to being the show. That's all I ask. Try not to crowd shame. You know that. But that that got me angry. Because that match wasn't bad at all. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. Neither of them were. Dana Brooks doing a senton, for God's sakes. What? What? Dana Brooke, if you haven't seen her on main event, which you haven't because it's hidden away on the network... She's gotten better. It's just, it's that Chris Masters thing where it's too late because they have her put somewhere. But she's gotten better working matches with Sarah Logan on main event. She's gotten better dropping a bit of weight to help her do these aerial moves. She's gotten better. She's just never going to be what she wants to be, and I think that's a tragedy. Because I think it's too late. I think they pigeonhole her. Unless they do a total 180 on the character. But, nevertheless. Bailey took taking on Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross in a two-on-one handicap match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. So they hinted that Bailey should find a friend. I am leaning towards that was not on accident and that Sasha Banks is showing up here. She will get a tremendous pop. Will Bailey retain the title? I don't think so. I think Bailey's time has come and gone. 
on this title, and they're going to move the story to Alexa and Nikki. I think Sasha may accidentally cost Bailey the match and lead to a program, or they're just going to have Bailey and Sasha be a tag team and try and heat up that division again with the Iconics and the, and the uh, Kabuki Warriors, who are not on the show as of yet. Which is weird. But they did show that on, on SmackDown. But I don't know because I don't see Bailey as a character that they want on both shows and there's and they want Alexa on both shows. So it's just as easy to give her the SmackDown title and not worry about brand splits or anything because they're just going to have them show up on both shows anyways. So I get the feeling Sasha comes out, takes out Nikki, Bailey somewhat distracted, Alexa Bliss rolls her up. How about that? That'll be my prediction. Kofi Kingston taking on Samoa Joe for the WWE Championship. Kofi has to win this, right? I could see Samoa Joe destroying Kofi and then Brock cashing in in Philadelphia, which is a major city and would be a city where they would do such a thing. Because he's he's going to cash in sooner than later. I think. I think SummerSlam might be the place, but, you know. But Kofi Kingston, I think, wins this against Samoa Joe. I don't think they make Joe the champion. Kofi's too popular. They're building something. It's starting to turn on me. That, you know, even with all the pancakes and the New Day branding and stuff, Kofi... You know, Kofi's becoming more and more legitimate by the week, I think. The Undertaker and Roman Reigns taking on Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre in a no-holds-barred tag team match. I expect Elias and the Revival to be involved in this in some way. It's just weird because Roman Reigns got the upper hand on both Raw and SmackDown. So I half expect Drew McIntyre to pin The Undertaker here. That's what everything in my head says. And then that leads, well, you can't really. See, this is so weird because everything about this is wrong. Because Drew's already had a one-on-one program with Roman. So are we going to have Shane versus Roman? Is that the match that they're building for a big match at SummerSlam? Good Lord. But, I, you know... Maybe Shane gets his comeuppance here from either The Undertaker and Roman when they go home happy. I'm just not certain of that. I think The Undertaker takes the fall to Drew. That's my... And then he does a match with Drew at SummerSlam, or maybe Goldberg gets involved. Maybe Shane is the head of WCW, calls up Goldberg. Hey, that match in Saudi Arabia stunk. <laughs> Let's do it at SummerSlam. I don't know. That, that this is the one that flummoxes me because they're they're not prone to they're not prone to beating their legends and their top baby faces but at the same time I can't figure out a way out of this because Drew and Shane have been beaten by Roman already so what's the point so I'll just say that Drew pins Undertaker here with help Perhaps to set up another match for The Undertaker. And then finally, winner-take-all mixed tag team match, Extreme Rules match 
for both the WWE Universal Championship and the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch versus Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. I called my shot a few weeks ago. I am backtracking. I am backtracking hard because this pro these programs cannot last till SummerSlam. They can't. They have to do something bigger for SummerSlam. So this has to be the blow-off. Has to be. But the heat is still going to be Baron Corbin's going to hit uh, something on Becky to really get this crowd against those two. Has to happen. I I thought that the... the, that the uh, because if, if they lose here, they have to have rematches in Toronto with Lacey and Baron Corbin. Both win the titles back. And then, you know, do the Macho Man Elizabeth stuff in the ring or whatever. But I think that, uh, yeah, Rollins and Lynch have to win this, right? Because, I mean, if they lost and Corbin and Lacey Evans are your champs, they're just going to run it back for SummerSlam. And I don't think people want to see that. I think people will, will. I think Baron Corbin has to go away for a while. He just does. He has to go away or he has to cool down. You know, Charlotte's been off TV for a few weeks. Do that with him. Because if you make him the champ, ratings are going to tank even worse. And they already tried to blame the tanking ratings on, on Baron Corbin once. You're going to do it now for real? When there's questions about your television product. When you're trying to impress Fox and USA executives that, yeah, this thing's still viable. You gonna put the title on Baron Corbin? I don't think so. But, stranger things have happened. We saw that Raw on Monday night. Be back with Chris on uh, Thursday to talk about NXT, NXT UK, and 205 Live. You can follow me at CrapGame13. You can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. You can join the Patreon for a dollar a month. Get some nice content twice a month. Patreon.com slash Shake Them Ropes. Highly recommend the Jerry Lawler, Jim, Jerry Lawler, Jim Carrey, Jerry Lawler, Andy Kaufman audio. I thought our Crockett Cup audio was quite good. Been a couple other things, some live watch-alongs that I don't know if they make for good audio, but if you're going to watch that show, you might as well pop us on there. Listen to us crack-wise about the performers on there. If you have ideas for our Patreon, let me know. I've been watching a lot of 86 NWA, and I'm happy as a clam. Listen to me rave about Buzz Sawyer. You want to hear us raving, man. Both Chris and I rave about the short-lived team of Buzz Sawyer and Rick Steiner on this Crockett Cup tape. They're great. Fantastics are great. Sheepherders are great. Give me more. But we'll see what happens. We'll talk about the Evolve show also that's going to be happening on Saturday. Go to VoicesOfWrestling.com, join the forum, listen to the other shows, educate yourself on wrestling you don't know. For the Tuesday night show, I'm Jeff Hawkins. I'll talk to you later.